Lee Whitehorn, 44 years of age, father of two, married to Laura, siblings, Luke, Jay, Rachel and Jane. Uh, one father, two mums. That's me in a nutshell, footy coach. I, I look at myself as just the, the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill bloke. Why am I here today? Um, to talk about my diagnosis um, that I received, oh, not great with dates, but I'm going to say about six weeks ago. Um, and I was diagnosed uh, initially with a lesion, which I think is a nice word initially for a tumour or cancer. And I was diagnosed with a diffused glioblastema. Episode 10, welcome to episode 10 of The C Word. My name is Luke. I'm here with my brother, Leroy. Good morning. Good How morning. Are you? How are you? Lee. Is it morning? It is morning still. Morning. Is it? Yes. Well, it depends. Almost. The listener might be yeah. listening in the morning, in the evening, well, in the afternoon. Listeners all over the world. Good so. day to you, sir. And welcome to the C Word Podcast. <laughs> uh, how you going, mate? Uh, going pretty well. Yeah. Pretty well. Done the house cleaning this morning. Already, you so were. You're, you're very much in it. Rocked around. He's doing the house clean and... Had the football playing. Listening to SEN, listening to uh, my favourite voice on the radio, Jared Wheatley, um, until he picked me up to come here for this. Fantastic. And uh, so what's the latest? I think most importantly, let's dive straight in as we do to get an update. So last week we spoke about the fact that you went for your follow-up MRI. Mm -hmm. We spoke about how they came across a um, a cyst Mm -hmm. that had began developing and uh, had a bit of extra fluid but not presenting any major issues and that they wanted to come back this week, have a chat and do a follow-up with you. Is that yes, correct? Correct. Awesome. Take us from when we last spoke then. What's what happened this week? Um yeah, so we had a just a phone review, which is great. Didn't have to go into the oh, I didn't have to go in. Yeah, which Win. is fantastic. Yeah. Um so head of oncology rang, she met with the whole team. So neurosurgeon um, had radiotherapy, um, chemotherapy, and then a range of other people um, within the cancer um, area, and they all had a look at it. And based on how I presented um, my discussions with her yesterday, she said, "Look, everybody came to the conclusion that there enough of the doctors had experienced um, this type of reaction when there's really aggressive treatment." Mm. So when they've had really aggressive radiotherapy like I've had, where I've had my full dose, um, and they weren't too disturbed by it, I guess, or they weren't disturbed by it based on the way that I presented. Again, it sounds funny. Like it's even still hard for me to wrap my head around to think that I've got a tumour and I've got a cyst. So I've got two things in there. But the doctors are basing what they do with me next on how I present and my symptoms. Mm. Um, and you, you haven't had any, even since our last conversation, you haven't had anything come up. You haven't presented any, presented any symptoms that you kind of went, Ooh. No, I always ask Laura and it's a hard one because you always, you know, look at yourself and go, have I had any issues this week? Mm. So have I had any shortcomings? Like if I, uh, has my speech been okay? Has my memory been okay? Is, you know. Have I been moody? Have I been, what have I been like? And generally I'm going to say, yeah, felt pretty good. Yeah. Um, 
and haven't had any issues, but I'll always sort of look at Laura. But then um, you tend to become a little more, you assess more, mm. like you look at little things more when you probably wouldn't. Mm. And sometimes you get caught and go, hang on, these little things I've, I've kind of always done. Um, I think we had the discussion on the way here this morning that um, I'll get a message from someone and I'm a ponderer. I'll sit there and ponder about the response. Is it just a quick response or is it more in depth or is it, <laughs> what is it? Um, Moral of the story, don't text Lee. And, just call and I quite often will think about it in my head. I'll, I'll come up with, okay, yeah, no, this is what I'm going to say. But then, you know, in between, one of my kids is throwing something at me or tackle me to the ground and then I forget about that and a day and a half later I'm like, I've responded to that person but then I'll go back and go, no, I didn't. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's probably too late now. Uh, <laughs> you just wipe it off immediately. <laughs> <laughs> um, we never want you to work on a service desk where you had tickets. You look at, did I close that ticket? Nah, probably too late now anyway. I'll just continue on. I'll grab a coffee. So, um, look, I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a in my head responder as well. I'm mm. a bit of a shocker for that one. I'll sometimes read it. And I think, you know, even Jay, who's sat in the room with us right now, has before sent me messages to be like, Hey, I need this from you. And I read it and I go, yeah, okay. And I'll have a think about it. And then <laughs> six hours later, mate, I actually need a response. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> I'll get it. And then I'll punch out a response back to it. Cause in my head I've gone title is this. This is what we'll write about it. This is what we do. I actually haven't done anything about it. See, for me, I'm not fussed about that. And I'm the equivalent of an anti-vaxxer when it comes to technology and felt like I'm I'm not anti yeah. it, but I don't I unless You're there's a bit a, old school. Unless there's a genuine reason for me to respond to respond. Yeah. It's an issue. It's something that demands an answer right now. It's gonna affect someone's life immediately. Um, when did we get you to get a mobile phone? I remember that was a punish. It took well, I didn't ages. have one. I was in my mid-20s. Yeah, I remember yeah. it being like quite a significant amount of time and he went, I'm not getting one. We're like, but we can't get you when we need to get you. And obviously the culture's changing where all of a sudden we can start to get people whenever yeah, we want to. Yeah, but you would contact like, my best mates yeah, that yes. I lived with. They all had mobile we, phones. We had so to call everyone around. I just, I just hey, handed hey, out their mate, mobile is, phones. Uh, is Leroy there with you? No, okay. When did you last see him? Okay. Oh, is your mate down at the footy? Okay, I'll call him. Okay, I'll try yeah. <laughs> This is back when phones were, I think it was the Ericsson, had the little flip um, flip phones and everyone was still using the 5210s um, yeah. and playing snakes and the best. whatever the game that's on there. And, As if you wouldn't. and I had a Siemens phone. I got sucked into, it was the tiniest phone, which is odd for my fat fingers. It was the smallest phone and it had an attachment that came with it um, that allowed you to take photos at night, where I think the phones at that time you could only take when there was, you know, it was Sounds during very the day. Complex for you. And so you had this little like light that would attach at the bottom, a flash, I suppose. And yeah, anyway, I got sucked in by this girl at uh, Marion Shopping Centre. She just sucked me right in, and I got the top end one. I went from nothing, not wanting one, to coming home with this thing going, and it it was literally like a couple of inches like long, and I. I had to use like my <laughs> pinky to dial numbers because if I use my thumb, I hit three buttons at once. You didn't really think this through, did you? Yeah, so it was. I yeah. remember when Jay came home with the um, remember those uh, God, what were they? That was like this orange phone and it didn't have the flip, but it had the slide thing that used to cover up your the pad, oh, yeah. the touchpad, but it vibrated 
and it changed colors. Like it would be all orange or all blue. All, mm. And I was like, far out. The world is advancing. Like I thought it was the fanciest thing I've ever seen in the world. So to get Go back man. to, yeah, where we were at in terms of um, the report from uh, the doctors. So Yeah, you had your phone conversation, right? Yeah. And you said you hadn't presented any things this week. So they said... Yeah, so they they just said, look, effectively, do you, are you still moving to Adelaide? Is that because I'd last spoken to them and said that we we're intending to do that? And I said, yes. She said, okay, we'll organise the transfer um, to hospital in Adelaide. And um, and effectively, that would be it, my last appointment here in Bres Vegas. And I said, should I be concerned with anything at the moment? And she just said, well, no, not really, because you're presenting well. Like, until you're not presenting well, that's when we have to... Go in and do, and do stuff. Yeah. Um, but until then, I guess that's one of the unknowns of cancer. Like people, you know, I mean, who knows how long an individual has sat with cancer within their body somewhere until it's become apparent that there's something wrong with you. Mm. Like, you know, there are people that lived far beyond the expectation of um know, initial um, results, but how long have they had it prior to that and yeah. how long have they? So it's one of those, I don't know, I look at it that way and think it's it's hard to sort of assess in that space. So, well, anyway, it's interesting because you've, you know it exists now and then there's that natural human desire for certainty, right? Like what are the facts? Mm. How much can I know? How much can I control? What's... And it's this interesting part of going, well, look, we can we can do so much, but really it's still bound to these other other factors that that aren't going to provide you any level of certainty or anything other than your own capacity to go, okay, I'm just going to trust my body and trust that it must be okay and then, you know, follow their directions outside of that. Yeah, and I think that's sort of uh, after hearing that from the doctors the other day, it just reinforced for me, which I've always done, is that I've, and I think we discussed last week about training as an example about listening to your body and being aware of where your body is at. And and I've always done done that. I've always mm. listened to how am I feeling, what's not feeling right, and tried to reflect on why it's not feeling right. Um, more often than not, when I was younger, it was not feeling right because um, I shouldn't have gone out Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Or maybe <laughs> should have just done Saturday. <laughs> and that's why I wasn't feeling great. But outside of that... Um, and maybe that's because of injuries, football injuries early on and so forth that were pretty significant. I've had to actually stop and listen to my body a lot more and be aware of it and in tune with it. And right now I trust it. I trust what it's telling me. I have to. Perfect. Yeah. So I trust what it's telling me and the doctors are saying exactly the same. So um, we asked about flight, whether or not we could fly because initially um, they were sort of – Uncertain, I guess they wanted to, and it's good that you know you're not just getting one opinion, they're going back to a team of a dozen people to consult. So, again, um, you know, a lot of people talk about get a second opinion, get a second opinion. I'm getting more than a second opinion every single time my case is assessed. There's a, a whole team mm. of people that are looking at it, and they're not all on the same page, they're asking different questions and they've got different issues. So, um, it's sort of reassuring from from that space, I guess. So, um, yeah, I've just tried to listen to, to my body. So in terms of flight, they said um, we're not saying you can't fly. 
Um, you just need to be aware that there are some associated risks. Suggestions are that you take some, uh, I can't even think of the name of the, the drug now, but it's a steroid. Um, it basically just helps reduce any inflammation that is there or that may be there. So take some the day before I travel and should be fine. Okay. Um, and Laura's spoken with quite a few people in their little sort of, um, well, I guess wives chat groups where they're in similar circumstances or have been in similar circumstances. And it's, it's a good area for her to pose questions that with people that are going through the same yeah. or have gone through and they can provide examples, not just an assumption, but a genuine example. And, um, and quite a few people have put their hand up and said, yeah, look, we've just taken steroids in that case before we've traveled. Yeah. Um, and it, and it limits the risk and, and I feel good. So I've got no, yeah. no issue. Well, we learn and build so. trust through experience. So it's good to speak to other people who've experienced something and go, okay, they're saying this from a, you know, from, from a doctor's point of view, but actually here's some people who've actually gone and gone through it and they've mm. gone, yeah, that's fine. So, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good then. So yeah, it was, it was quite track. good. It was quite reassuring. Like I, uh, we went out for lunch because we were like, oh, do we want to sit home and do this? Or let's go and, let's go and get lunch. Um, and we sat down and had lunch. And, uh, That's nice. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> Where well, did you we go just, for lunch? Um, it's a little place around the corner from us uh, oh, okay. in Northgate. And um, I think it's called uh, the White Brick or something. Or it's a, anyway, it's a nice little place in, in Northgate. We went there and sat there and... Um, Laura wanted it on speakerphone, but it was a bit loud. Yes, like, so I was that's why I'm more of, intrigued out of this I was morning. kind of sitting there going, we didn't really think this out no, well. Um, but we went there because we thought it would be quiet because it normally is only a couple of tables filled, but we got there and it was busy. And she's like, put it on speakerphone. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> everyone here is going to hear about what the doctor's got to say. So, But it was over with pretty quick. And um, so I just thanked her for um, what she's done so far as a doctor and, so she responded, yeah, yeah, nice. for, for this end and um, okay. be transferred to Adelaide. So um, then when I get to Adelaide within three days or four days of being there, I'll have another MRI and then that will sort of continue and that'll expand out in terms of I'll have them uh, monthly uh, or the next one will be a month, then it'll be two months um, and then it will continue two months until they want to expand it out to Three months, four months, six months. Who knows? Okay. So, um, do you have to when you go down there? Is it quarantining? Do you have to quarantine when you go there? Um, well, who knows? Uh, at the moment, currently, um, currently, I think we do currently. But you're still obviously allowed to go out for medical, yeah. So yeah, if I had to go for something like that, I could. But um, I think the way it's sort of trending, by the time we leave, we'll be fine too. Uh, as long as nothing changes, yeah. Um, we'll be fine to to roll in and Sweet. check in and start life as normal. So, so that was the news, yeah, from the doc this week. So it was quite, again, like I said, I felt quite reassured because in my gut and in my head, I was like, I feel okay, I feel good. Yeah, that's what you have so to trust. So it was nice to hear the doctor or a team of doctors come back and say, "Yep, um, play on, awesome. effectively." Yeah. So you got how much longer here? Another couple of weeks. Um, we haven't locked down a date uh, yet because a lot happens. It's funny how everything seems to happen at once. Mm. So we're obviously in a place here at the moment where we're like, okay, well, we've got to get that leased. Um, 
and then which should be fairly easy in a Brisbane market at the moment, which has been done crazy. already. Yeah. Um, that happened within a couple of days, but that was great. But obviously, you're then looking at okay, well, we've then got to get a place in Adelaide, um, and that's hard because we're both going there without work effectively. Um, so it's not really ideal when you're going in and looking for a property. <laughs> They're like, how are you paying for this? Well, we've got some money in the bank, but however, neither of us are working, so fantastic. Um, but I, again, uh, you know, go back to that sort of, I guess, the friendship group or the network that I've got in Adelaide. I'm lucky enough that I've got some friends that have had a house that they've uh, been uh, had long-term tenants in and they contacted uh, us last week and just said, look, um, it's probably not ideal or not what you're after, but we'll let you have it for as long as you want. So it means you can move straight into something. It's pretty cheap and easy, makes that transition easy. We don't have to worry about signing a 12-month lease when we might not want a 12-month yeah, lease because yeah. we might find something that we that we want to buy ourselves at, at some stage. So, again, lucky to have really, really generous, kind, thoughtful Friends, they could go and get a rental um, agreement for 12, 24 months for probably more money than than I guess we'll pay for rent. But really, really lucky in that space. So those two things sort of fell in place really quickly. Got an email from the agent here. Yep, it's been rented. Mate contacted me. By the way, people are moving out. We've got this. It might not be ideal, but it's an easy transition. I was like, far out. Things align. Beautiful. When the planets align quickly, it all yeah, happens yeah, yeah. really, really quickly. So it's awesome. Um, so it ended up being from what was quite an anxious day to um, really good. That was all on Thursday? Yeah, literally. Like everything happened like ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I love that. That's and awesome. I was just, it's kind yeah. Of, yeah, you're a bit of that, you know, um, sitting back going, looking around. Like just, again, like the Truman Show going, is there a camera somewhere? What's someone yeah, just yeah. push buttons somewhere? Is this? But, you know. Uh, a little bit, of, a little bit of help, a little bit of a divine assistance. There. Yeah, and that, you know, a lot of that probably comes off the back of I think anyway, just our approach as a family being really positive in this space and just taking day by day, not rushing anything. You push something, you generally don't get the results that you want if you're patient enough, um, uh, and you're willing to sit, reflect, have a genuine think about what you need, what you want what's going to work best, things tend to, I think anyway, at some point um, line up and they, they certainly did for us on Thursday. Yeah. So it's really good. So so now we've just got to get the mad rush done of, okay, I've got to get stuff transported to Adelaide. Um, I've got to get a car over there. I've got to get a house full of stuff over there um, and a whole range of things. But it's exciting. The hard part's going to be taking the kids out of daycare um, yeah, they love their daycare. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They do. And they've got, um, they've been there since day one. So Max has got some real strong relationships with a couple of his teachers and they love him. And, and Jack, um, you know, I don't know why he's a favourite there because he's just the roughest kid in the history of the universe. <laughs> but everybody just loves Jack. Because <laughs> he's so cute. Yeah, well, he bashed me on the head <laughs> with a camera the other night. You, you know what? I, I wonder what you did to deserve it. Yeah, <laughs> I was playing. I'm gonna have to take Jack's side on this one. <laughs> so, so look, there's a strong likelihood that maybe I don't know. So yeah, so that's all. Um, everything's sort of aligned in the last couple of days, which has been really good. So in terms of um, how are we feeling, really positive. Things are moving in the right direction for us in that space. Awesome. We'll be back in Adelaide. Um, you know, in the next month, 
Well, I miss Brisbane, absolutely. I miss my family that I have here. Um, but again, we've said it before, it's only a flight away, it's only a drive away, it's only a phone call away um, and so forth. So, um, But I'm really looking forward to getting back to where I grew up, being near the beach all the time. Uh, and being around uh, all my mates that I've grown up with, you know, friends yeah. that I've had since I was 13. Um, so for me, that's a massive, that's a massive plus for me that yeah. I get to get back and reconnect with them. Which is interesting because we've had some discussions around this when it comes to connections and to, we, we've spoken around what are the roles of, um, of those around you when you're going through a treatment like this. But I also know that this week has probably been a bit of a challenging week for you emotionally with some different things. I don't know if you want to speak about it, having the one year anniversary this week, but then I guess taking a moment to reflect on those connections. And, and I know we've, and I'm, I'm prompting here because I know we've had discussions on this, but bringing it up now, because I think there's real value in it um, in terms of, I, I don't know if you want to kind of dive into well, where your thoughts or your ideas have taken you this week. I kind of uh, have to now. Don't yeah, you do pretty much. We're not, Jay, chuck, don't even edit this out. Thank you very much. Straight, <laughs> straight in the deep end. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, look at how, uh, it has been an emotional week uh, or an emotional day anyway for me that I didn't anticipate um, sort of coming. So to just give you some background, I suppose, my stepmother passed of cancer um, a year ago and uh, leading up to her one year, my dad was – Still in quarantine or in lockdown. Not in Broken Hill. In Broken right? Hill, right? He was in Broken Hill. And uh, and I had my sister Jane, uh, who was mum's best friend. Yeah. Uh, in a bit of a state of panic, she needed dad back home. Yeah. And it sort of left me sitting there thinking, what a, why do we need to be around certain people when these, well, they're not milestones, but when these timelines come up that people have passed. And in my head, I'm thinking, I, I, I talk to mum most days or mm. think about her most days and um, I don't need a timeline to reflect on her because I do that often. Um, I don't need to post anything on Facebook because I don't need to tell anybody else um, about the relationship that I had with my mum or my thoughts or my feelings for her. I don't need to tell, tell anybody else that via social media. I'm telling you now because you've asked the question, but um, I thought I'd be fine. And then on the day, I started thinking a little bit more because mum and I had a couple of things that we had sorted out, I guess. Um, and I won't go into any depth there, but some things from a long, long time ago that we had to sort out, but we took a long time to sort those out. And we had some pretty in-depth discussions near her passing and reflecting on that, um, you know, if I could go back, I would have dealt with those things a long time ago because they did have an impact on our relationship to a degree. Um, and she was the same. And, and we had a, a big moment when she was in hospital and we sort of just, I guess had a big cry and said sorry to each other for for certain things and and 
I had to reflect on it, but it had taken both of us 30 years mm. to talk about certain things. And um, I'm, I'm not disappointed in myself for not dealing with it earlier, but I, I kind of feel like I am a little bit like I should have dealt with. So it started me thinking a little bit more about the relationships that you have in your life. And, um, and obviously you get people that come in and out and go and, I'm lucky enough that majority of my friends, like I said, you know, previously, I can go 12 months and not speak to a couple of my best mates. And it might sound funny because I call them my best mates and there's a group of them. But I'm lucky enough that our connection is that strong that I can do that. And when we do speak, it's instant. Um, and that's fine. But then there are other people that have, um, you know, tried to enter your life and be a part of your life and you haven't dismissed them, but maybe haven't given them the time or the thought that you should have because you're too busy mm. or they've called at the wrong time or they've texted at the wrong time. Um, and I've had a couple like that that have sort of re-entered and I've got a mate from um, lives in New South Wales and who was at our football club for a period of time and ripping guy. And we went through a little bit together. Really, really, really nice guy, incredibly intelligent and was one of the first people to reach out and come and see me after this all sort of happened. And it made me sort of sit there and think, are there people that I've overlooked? Are there people that I've not connected with that I should have, that I should have spent more time connecting with um, thus far? Have I been a little bit lazy in, um, in making the effort? And I think we're probably all guilty of that. To a degree. And it's easy to say when you say, I've got a busy life. But what's your life busy with? Mm. And what's the most important thing? So I've been thinking a lot about that. And is it busy to connect? Is it is it more important to be busy connecting with people in the right way? Not over a text message. I mean, if you have to, yes. But you don't have to speak to someone every day or text message every day. You might just have a FaceTime once a week, a fortnight, a month a quarter, I don't know, whatever. Um, but it's sort of, you know, brought me to think about that a little bit more and about the importance of those connections and what I need to put into them. And and I've failed in a few of those spaces. And I guess moving on from here, that's probably my number one, putting more time into that space um, and having greater connection, even though I think I've been as a whole pretty good with most of it. There are people and areas that I've overlooked that I should put more time into that deserve more time, which we I have been since, um, and I'll continue to do so. Um, and it's made me think, you know, how many other people are out there that are, that are like that, where we reflect enough to think about how are we connecting with people, how often, what's the depth of that connection, what's the purpose mm. of that connection, and what's the meaning for it, what are you, not what are you getting out of it, so we quite often look at what am I going to get out of this conversation? But it should be more about what am I going to give? What can I give? Quite often you'll have a friend that you know is always ringing because they've got a problem. There's something wrong. And you'll get to a point and go, oh, I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm not responding to the text messages because this is going to be a drama or there's something wrong. But if you're in a position to give and support, then um, I guess that's what I've thought about a lot um, over the last couple of weeks. And then with mums... I don't know if you call it an anniversary. It just sort of uh, 
prompted all of those thoughts and mm. I, I struggled for the whole day. I had to dodge Laura a couple of times and the kids because um, I would have just broken my number one rule of no crying in front of each other. Um, and I, I think, had a couple I think of, those days are, are, I feel your rules are probably not, you know, giving enough exceptions uh, along the way. No, they're I not. If we were to write this into a policy, we'd have to also add a clause which says there are. Yeah, but uh, I'm a blubberer. That's the point. The, my yeah. problem is I'm a blubberer. I will, if I'm going to cry. So uh, good. They feel so much better. And I'll let it, it'll just be all out. Like it's floods, you know, it'll be floodgates opening and just. Everybody would just be. Do you covered. do what Max does and like fall over everywhere? Oh, while you're just doing flop. It? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably, probably not a pretty sight. <laughs> you know, and and at the same time as I wanted to be really upset because um, I miss Mum in a physical, you know, having her there, knowing that mm. you could FaceTime, speak to her, and she was always really wise and always knew when to say the right things, and sometimes they were confronting or harsh, but she just knew what to say at the right time to make you just understand where you're at and what you're going through and to how to reflect and what impact you can have here. And at the same time, she'd always remind you of what a good person you are and how capable you are and all that sort of stuff. So um, it ended up being quite an emotional day for me and and um, we were texting between my sister Jane and my dad and um, – Dad was sitting down at home, finally made it home, mm. but couldn't be with Jane because he had just come back. Jane then had to go and live with other members of the family while Dad was quarantining at home. Mm. And um, he sat there and had his favourite meal that he used to share with Mum and uh, some Audi lobster. I don't know if you ever had lobster from Audi, but it's really good. Oh, it's in Audi the store. Yeah, Audi the store. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Yeah, I was so, like, why is it Cardio? Yeah, yeah, Cardio. Yeah. Oh, Audi, yeah, yeah, Audi, right. yeah. So, um, <laughs> sorry. I'm like, wow, he's real flash. Should've... He's Audi eating lobster. Yeah. That's a bougie AF. <laughs> That's um, where they used to eat it. Yeah, Audi. It's like, yeah. damn, Dad. Um, okay. So he sort of, like, he had that, and and I hadn't reached out to anyone because I didn't. Mm. Yeah, you didn't tell any of us. No, I didn't want to because it was more about okay. I would, so I guess it was my time to reflect on the relationship I had with my Absolutely. mum. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And it's personal. Yeah, and 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 it it is, and it was. So it ended up being a tough day, but at the end of it, uh, I guess what I came up with is that I'm I'm really glad that I had that time and experience with mum. And I don't think I'd have the strength and the resilience, and the ability to deal with what we're going through at the moment if I hadn't seen her do it with the dignity that she did mm. and the way that she managed it and managed herself and managed people around her, not managed people. Oh, hang on. Well. She did. <laughs> she did a typical, <laughs> typical mother's job. And, yeah. You know, I'm not here to manage things. Yes, However I will. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry to my mum. Um, so she's uh, great at it. There's no need to apologise. That she knew exactly what she was doing. She yeah. Was so that was um. So that was yeah. It was quite. That was quite an emotional day. It just got me thinking the whole week about yeah. Um. Yeah. Friendships and how we connect and how how is um how's Jane doing this year? Right. Sending a big love and you know hugs. Yeah, she's she's all, to Jane and to your dad. She's all good. She's into I don't know how many weeks she is now, but I'm gonna say in the mid twenties. Um, oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, Very so, exciting. You guys will be down there for that, which is awesome. Yeah, which will be really great. Yeah. 
Um, but no, she's going well. I think it's one of those things when you have someone pass, you can either be sad Sally and and think, wow, they were taken too early. Or you can look at all of the good things that, that individual brought you during that time. Yeah. Um, and mum did a hell of a lot of that. Yeah. And, yeah, you'd love to, you know, be great to have her here. But she's given us enough over the time that she was here to help us guide our way through whatever the next yeah. step or next journey is. And the same as my mum, um, Diane, that is still with us, um, does to this day. So yeah. um, I think yeah. it's an interesting one because, you know, death and it kind of in one part you're dealing with the grief aspect of it and another part death just brings about this, this very confronting reality, right? So to your point, it's like what do I do with it? And I think at the end of the day it's a very personal thing. I think the one year – Kind of, I think the how you keep saying you're not sure whether it's anniversary or what you kind of call it, but I think, but you know what? When someone passes, I think they almost deserve your reflection. They deserve the 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 remembrance. They deserve you know speaking their name and thinking of all the things that that you able to to learn from them over the time. And it was almost a um, a wonderful way of remembering you know when they were here in this form or they were here in this, in this yeah in this lifetime. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I just, I, I guess I should just struggle with the, um, the whole social media social side aspect. of it and making yeah, it. Yeah. So for me, I just, well, it's a very it was, personal. It was thing. funny. It was a really clear moon on yeah. the evening, and um, well, Max, and Max always, does always that. talks yeah. about little Nana being on the moon. That's um, cute. So it was quite poignant that it was a really clear night and a really beautiful moon, and it was. Um, and I took my time to sort of just go outside for a few minutes on my own um, and to just say to her what I would have said in a post on social media, I suppose. And for me, that's how I yeah, that's how, how I handled it. But I didn't expect that it would hit me that way, but it did. Um, and then it just had this cascade effect of, okay, am I managing my friendships and relationships in the right way? Um, am I giving people the due time that they deserve when they, you know, put time into you? Am I doing enough? Do I need to do more? Yeah. Um, are those it's, connections, do I, you know, strong enough? Um, I just brought up all of those thoughts in my head and I guess I just started thinking about, you know, just the general punter. Like yeah. do we connect enough? Do you do people understand the value of that connection and, and relationships and how important it is? to make them legitimate and that's not sharing Facebook posts or Instagram or whatever. It's having the conversation with someone, sitting down with an individual, going out for coffee, not going out and just sitting there at a sports bar and watching a game but having a conversation and asking the questions of each other and where can you be of service to that person. Yeah. Um, I know Borhan says that a lot. Yeah. It's about being of service and not – it sounds like a weird term to use, being of service, but it kind of feels like that. Like where can you where can you help people be the best version of themselves? And if you do that, I think in turn that comes back to help you. And we found that a lot through this process. So many people. Laura in particular, you know, has been so good to a whole range of the people that she knows and she's got such strong connections with friends from all over the place that as soon as all of this happened, they all came running to help wherever they possibly could. And the same with myself. And you think that all comes off the back of 
really strong, legitimate relationships that you've established over a period of time yeah. and maintained. So, I think it's important. Though. I think at the end of the day, we're social creatures, and, I, and you know, it's, it's, there's plenty of positive psychology around it too. That says if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling any of the any of those emotions, the greatest thing you can do is going to help someone else to do something away from yourself and for another and so I think you know and, and I'm a, a big believer in the same um, language I guess in terms of being of service to other people it's when I interact with you at the end of the day as humans we we don't remember things that are necessarily said what we ultimately remember is what we feel and how we feel is how you've left me feeling or how I've left you feeling and yeah. I think sometimes through an act of service through an act of generosity through an act of kindness um, and that comes through being heard, being seen, knowing that I belong through that community piece. I have the ability to then walk away and go, wow, I feel real connection to that. And so our duty as individuals, again, this is just my opinion of it, but our duty as individuals is to ensure that every interaction has that ability. You know, we have the opportunity in that interaction to kind of leave someone better quote unquote better than when we first met them even if it is just for a coffee and it might just be through that really simple interaction and asking how they're doing and hearing how they feel and um and i think it's it's super important and you're right i don't think there's an issue necessarily it's this interesting conversation we've had before around the social media piece i never have an issue with a tool i think a tool shows up the individual's capacity who's using it so for instance i don't have an issue with social i have plenty of friendships where we'll flick memes to each other and ha, yeah. ha, ha. However, at the start of this week, actually, which I haven't told you, at the start of this week, I went off social media for a week because I decided I actually needed the headspace. Mm-hmm. Nothing was wrong. It wasn't, you know, nothing was quote-unquote wrong. Nothing had happened. It was more in a meditative state when, oh, my God, I'm feeling so overwhelmed at the moment internally by the world around me that I have no control over. What, what am I doing? And it came down to habits. And the habits were I was picking up my phone in between everything that I do and I would look at Apple News. I would look at my Instagram. I'd quick, quick scan of Facebook, although I didn't go on there often. Look on LinkedIn. It's just back to back. And it wasn't even conscious. It was pure subconscious habit. And so had a moment and went, I'm going to delete them for a week. And I'm going to see how that makes me feel. And actually in this week, to your point, again, we haven't spoken about this, but to your point, I've actually found myself reaching out to friends because I can't see what everyone's up to. I can't see the the aimless chit-chatty what everyone's up to, which is fine and there's a place for it. But what it was doing, it was impacting my, uh, my focus for intentionally connecting with people Mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, are you free on Friday morning? Let's grab some brekkie. Hey, we keep trying to catch up. You've been on my mind. Instead of seeing what you're doing on social, I'm going to just directly come to you and say, you've actually been on my mind. When are we seeing each other? And it's actually pushed me, one, being more focused on work this week because I haven't had distractions. Wherever I wherever I need to break, I picked up a book and I've been reading a book, um, which I already do, but I never, never quote unquote make the time for it because I was literally just picking up something that was easier to consume. Um, not necessarily better to consume, but easier to consume. So I've been reading more, but then I've also been more focused and then building on those connections. So I actually think you're absolutely right. I don't have an issue with the tool, but I think you're right. There's a there's a real reflection piece here on how are you connecting, who are the who are the, with the people around you and, and who do you want to connect with and in what way? Yeah, I think it's um <clears throat> it is how you use it. They're important tools because you can share some pretty cool stuff with people on social media. Yeah. But think of it like a hammer, right? A hammer you can put up a beautiful photo, but I could also <laughs> 
beat someone with, <laughs> it's the individual using the tool, right? The hammer's not the problem. The hammer can actually create an entire home that could house you and your family. It could, well, maybe not, but, you know, it will be part of this tool set for that. But it could also put a beautiful photo up on the wall that you would look at and would bring you incredible emotions and a great space to kind of be in. It can also beat the crap out of someone or hurt them or do whatever. It's the individual using the... Yeah, it's the, the ability to misinterpret, I guess, yeah. um, things that come up on social media yeah. and depending on the individual that's reading whatever pops up and on any occasion and the headspace that they're in may interpret things in a different way. But when mm. it's a phone call or it's a visit or it's a sit with, oh, I can tell by your body language, by your eye contact, by the tone of your voice, mm. um, you know, by the volume of your voice, whatever it may be, you can tell, hang on, I'm dealing with someone here right now that's holding some anger and it might be not towards me, but my job now is to find out what that is mm. and then what can I do to help resolve. Um, and you can't necessarily do that over um, over social media. And it's mm. that really hard one because it's it reaches out in so many good ways, but it's finding the balance of when does it become too much? Yeah. When does it influence you too much? When does it take over your life? Mm. Um why, why am I picking up that phone when I don't need to? Mm. Um, unless it's for a phone call. Mm. Um, so, But also to your point, what are the intentional connections that you're making here? And I think there's um, in a day and age where we're over-consuming and also um, more connected, quite a, you know, more, I keep saying quite, but more connected than ever, um, it, are we making the right type of connections? You know, are we... Are we um, are we spending the right type of time with one another? And it is, it's a, it's a challenge right now, especially the state of the world, especially, you know, during a pandemic and all being isolated and pushed away from each other. I think it's, you know, it's probably no surprises that one, you're feeling it because you're, you're experiencing it because of the, of what you're going through. Mm -hmm. But then also I think it's definitely beautifully timed. I have a question for you. Sorry. I'm going to go into, you spoke quickly, not briefly. Let me start that again. You spoke about your mum, your stepmom, and you said, uh, I look back on it and I think I, all over those years, never dealt with it. And it wasn't until those last, that last period of time that you did. If you could step back, and I'm asking you this question, and then it's also with the idea of maybe someone's listening and they are listening and feeling moved by the thought of actually, yeah, am I focusing enough time? Maybe I have a broken connection with someone. Maybe I'm not doing the right things in, in, from a relationship standpoint and from someone like yourself who's going through a can we call it a, a life-threatening illness? You know, something that's basically putting you closer yeah. to that space. That, that's why we're in that reflective mode. Um, what would you have gone back? Two or three things maybe that you would have said to yourself, I don't know how many years ago, whenever. I, I, I am a big believer in time and I know trauma sometimes requires a level of time, but would there have been something that you would have gone back and said, mate, at a younger age, here's a couple of words of advice for you. Um, it would probably just be to have the courage to speak uh, what's in your heart at the time that whether it is whatever's happened has caused trauma and, and, and quite often, you know, you have some trauma in your life and whoever that trauma is with, you'll then disconnect with them and put them in that basket of bad person, mm. don't want to deal with them, whatever. Um, or you may just sweep over it and move on 
and carry on but not not deal with it and but not dealing with it isn't the answer um but it's having the courage to just speak up and say something it's also taking the time to make sure that when you do speak up you don't speak up to that individual you're not aggressive you're not confronting think about what you want to say because you're trying to solve something you're trying to find a solution you're not trying to win a physical contest it's not a fist fight it's not about you know um being the toughest it's about how do i find a solution through the problem that i have right now and i need to confront it and i need to speak with this individual but how am i going to do it um and i have been notoriously bad in my i can do it with men i can confront things with blokes not a problem no worries um but in the space of women i've struggled in that space to go i need to speak to an individual about this that i've got an issue with this space um so for me it would just be have the courage and if you can't find the courage in yourself seek somebody that will uh, push you in that direction seek somebody that will support you find somebody that will be your buddy through that experience because it in my case for me to have spoken about what i needed to speak about a long time ago I, I didn't necessarily have anybody that i felt anyway that i could lean on if i spoke about that particular topic i felt quite on my own in that space um but if you connected you know um and i guess i probably was just you know that was the area that i was brought up in you just bottled up whatever it was and you're like you know what i'm not too damaged i'm all right um all my limbs are working everything's in shape i can take a step forward move on with it but it would be find somebody to confide in um, and it's going to help you through that process and then have the courage to speak to whoever that individual is but make sure that you think about it before you speak think before you speak because like we've spoken about before words are incredibly powerful um, and they can do a lot of damage but they can do a lot of good if they're used in the right way so be patient have some courage find a buddy to support you through the process I think that would probably be the three things that I would, I would suggest. Awesome. Not that that's right, but that would be me.